Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Awesome. Okay, so um, without further ado, we will crack on with our first guest. Um, the guest joining us this week, uh, Mr. Jack Bell. Hi, Jack. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm really good, despite the cold weather. Yeah, it's very cold. Um, this is a bizarre, well, it feels a bit bizarre, this kind of Does setup. It? Because you used to used to work with us yes. at Charlie. Yeah, in March last year. And um, and how long were you with the company? Um, I think it was three months properly, and then an extra month of job hunting post post movement. Yeah, nice. Okay, and we're going to get into that. So the the kind of title of today's episode and what we're going to explore is um, what happens when you hire too junior, and really what we're talking about there is is understanding the the senior seniority that you hire for 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 a role and I guess that's a bit of a journey that you know you and I went on together um what I'd love is for you to I guess walk us through um how you found out about Charlie what the role looked like what you you know what you were trying to achieve and the kind of application process Hmm. sure um so Charlie was I was actually through a recruiter um, and I was at another job, which was, they get, had the same title of data analyst, but it was just spreadsheets. And um, that wasn't too great. So after literally three weeks there, I joined Charlie through uh, the agency. And it was explained to me the job role. I didn't necessarily read it and look at it, but it was explained as something that I wanted. Mm. And it excited me because I have always been involved with data and numerical data and manipulation and analytics. Mm. My dissertation was based on data, basically, you know, mapping points of Scotland and trying to work out where the geotectonic or like tectonic action had happened in history. And um, it just felt in like a natural progression to join the love of data and my like enjoyment of tech, basically. Yeah, nice. And yeah. And um, uh the interview process, you know, how much, how much did we look at uh, your ability, your skill set? Can you kind of remember back yeah. to some of that? The interview was great. There were four, um, close together and quite high intensity, but there wasn't a solid skill test. I was quizzed on joins and other SQL syntax, but that wasn't via a sort of formatted test, which mm. I know happens with the devs. It doesn't necessarily happen here. But it was it was enough to demonstrate I understood what they meant, but theory is always very different to practice. For sure. And so um, I remember interviewing you and I remember, um, yeah, being super impressed, right? You're like very charismatic, you're super articulate, um, and you, you blend what I... I really love to see in people, and, and, I, and I know I have, you know, some bias towards. But you blend that, the kind of smarts, intellectual smarts, but also your, 
a very emotionally attuned person, right? Um, you've got really high EQ. You're very empathetic. Um, and uh, I, I remember I was looking at my notes this morning before before you came in. Really? And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd written down, you know, empathy, question mark, and next to it I'd put kind of yes, exclamation mark. So that was clearly my answer. Um, so we offered you the job, right? Yes. Um, so talk us through maybe that those first couple of months um, what the beginning was like um, and and kind of what happened from there sure Um, first first desk facing straight down over Old Street Roundabout all the way down into the city nice super cool Uh, neighbours with the coat rack and uh, (laughs) other busy people it was good the first couple of weeks everyone always told me that this first six weeks are kind of heavy it's a bit of a change coming to a new business where everything's a bit different to what you'd expect. Be it, it's more a big group of friends that do well, good work together rather than come to work and leave, start a business. And uh, you notice it quite quickly. Um, but first couple of weeks, it was interesting. I enjoyed it, but you could definitely tell there was a slight hands off. I don't know what this guy is doing meant to be doing or if I can help and that was quite interesting to pick up on and quite noticeable so you know you're starting to get to kind of the crux of what happened here which was and if I talk a little bit from our side from Charlie's side from the business's side was we had a problem with with data we had a problem with our metrics and um, within the business we decided that we needed someone who could come in and own that and kind of solve that and we love hiring ambitious um, uh, people sometimes with um, not enough experience um, and that was kind of I guess what what happened here to some extent and what you're picking out is that there was no one inside the business that knew what your job was meant to be and could say to you yes this is the right thing yeah. and this is the wrong thing is that is that how you kind of started to see that early on yeah it was I would get sort of, let's put it in sort of an image, I would, it would be like a kind of foggy path. It would clear sort of as I stepped onto it. And then I'd get sort of guidance if I asked, if I required it, and there was no sort of forward planning pathway. It was very much, we're gonna think of it now, and we're gonna give it to you now, but we don't know what you're gonna do tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, in some ways it's good, keep on your toes, it sort of challenges you a lot. I know that writing sort of all the KPI sums, basically, that was very much from basic SQL knowledge to kind of sort of intermediate, upper intermediate levels, which was probably the quickest I've learned anything, purely through necessity. But it was very much small bits of planning rather than a whole, yeah. whole roadmap. So there was no clear plan? Okay. And so that first month, yeah, this is meant to be, it's meant Mm. to be hard. It's meant to be intense, right? Everyone says like, you're going to jump in, um, into the deep end, get stuck in. So you, I guess you're kind of expecting that. Yeah. When did you start to see, "Mm, maybe they're not sure on me or maybe I'm not the right person for the role. How did that start to, um, cement in your head how did you see that happen um 
I'd say there were two points when that happened. So one at sort of one month one to month two, and the other one towards the end. Month one to month two was very much, I'm having to ask for a lot of help. Am I in too deep? Is this the wrong thing? And then started to get better asking for less help, and you kind of resolve it. And then towards the end, month sort of three, I was doing, I had a long project that I was doing a lot on, but I wasn't being pressed for results, ask questions, I wasn't being pushed to to get it done. Mm. And be it be an overthinking attitude, it was very much sort of, why is nobody pressing me? This is quite important. Shouldn't I be asking, being asked to do this quicker? Should I not be getting a bit more? guidance on this that I not have you checking something on this and then that sort of had a domino effect feeling that huh is this something deeper yeah do you think did it feel like we were kind of detaching from you uh, a little bit it was definitely it was an odd feeling it wasn't like dejected it wasn't it wasn't brushed to one side it was just very much Jack sat here in a bubble on a team, on a you know small four-person team that's managed really well, but what do we want to do with him? Mm. And it was that sort of there's no immediate knowledge on what I was wanting to do. Yeah, okay. You're starting to see us kind of um, maybe detach from you slightly. Mm. What was the kind of end of the process like? What was that kind of last month like? What are the key events that happened between? Um, you starting to feel like we were detaching from you mm. and you eventually leaving the business. So I followed up on a lead you gave me for another data analyst, a different company, met for a coffee and just chatted about what he was doing, what I was doing. And it was through his experience, he just happened to have a, a sort of a level up on, on coding experience, which was enabling him to do things a bit quicker. Um, I also had caffeinated coffee that day. I didn't normally have caffeinated. Okay. I came back to the office buzzed and ready to just sort of talk about problems. And that's when I cornered my then manager to be like, can you give me some feedback? I want to know how to be a better me basically at this job. And when the feedback was very, it was useful, but you couldn't act on it quickly. Mm. It was things sort of like, get into more conversations which is useful but also it, you can't just leverage yourself into a conversation that you think you should be in when you might not should be which you might not be in it's it was interesting um, so it wasn't actionable it wasn't actionable feedback no it was more try doing this generally mm. and it was very much you couldn't sort of set goals on it, basically. You yeah. couldn't quantify that that's been successful or not. Okay. Um, and then <clears throat> I signed for a house. And I remember sort of dropping that into a few conversations, saying that I have a deposit to pay and now rent to pay, and it's all organized, because I was at this time living with my aunt. Mm. Um, and that was met twice. On the two times I mentioned it, was sort of, ha, ha, ha. So you get an idea. It, again, it could be me being quite a bit of a deep thinker and picking up on small cues. But that, to me, that was the start or the, the signs that something was probably going to happen. Okay. And 
when it eventually happened, when um, we had that kind of conversation with you, how did that how did that go? What 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 was the kind of story there? It was an amazingly positive conversation, and it was very honest, which is really great. Appreciating the honesty hugely. It was another walking beating, um, and it's sort of. You half expect it. I was always the kind of guy, you need to go into an exam and then leave expecting to fail it. So if I felt something wasn't going right, my immediate sort of catastrophist mindset was, you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna get badly. And this kind of cemented what I thought was gonna happen, but it was in such a positive and nice way that there was no other way to see it apart from sort of a gift. I felt so much better after it from, you know, three months of thinking you're underperforming consistently to then being told it probably isn't you mm. is is a huge weight off your shoulders in your first ever sort of proper job post uni um okay nice and so i guess trying to tie this back to you know what the title of this episode is meant to be about which is around realizing that you've you've hired a little bit too junior for the role that you actually you're actually looking for. Um, how did you feel? So you mentioned kind of a weight being lifted off your shoulders. Mm. You know, leading up to that, what was your what was your confidence like? How did you feel in yourself? You know, you mentioned signing for a house, and you know, obviously there's an, an element of pressure that 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 comes with that. And you know, being out of a job wouldn't have been super ideal in, in that situation. What was kind of going through your mind? It was just being aware of what was going on. It was, what was going through my mind? To give you context, I had already pissed off signing one house two months earlier when I had the other sort of spike of lack of confidence. Mm. And for the whole duration, I'd say I was probably sat here right now, I feel sort of 100% confident that I could probably talk to you about most things. Back then, I, you could have been slack, sat behind me, I would have slacked you, can we have a chat? Instead of turning around and saying, hey, can we have a chat? That's sort of the best definition I can give you. I was very not not ready to joke around, not, not ready to sort of get involved in groups. In the stand-up talking, that was like my version of hell because I didn't feel like I had a place in the circle to say anything. Everyone else there knows what they're talking about. Quick, gives it all that bit of chat, bit of banter, and then throws the ball. I reckon I'd, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And there's something really interesting as part of this, which you know I believe in, which is people need to feel like you believe in, in them to be sure. able to do their best work. And, you know, clearly, and I absolutely hold our hands up to this. We were giving you signals that made you believe, evidently rightly, mm. that we weren't sure you're the right fit for the role. Yeah. And the effect that, that was having was you were feeling like you were unable to, to contribute, low confidence, hard to focus, I'm sure a bit of stress and anxiety. Oh, for sure. That wasn't having any positive impact on your ability to to improve no. in the role that we'd hired you to do. So you kind of have this this really difficult scenario where 
we need you to take a step up. We want you, you to take a step up. And that's one thing that we're saying to you. But on the other hand, we're kind of giving you these kind of non-verbal signs yeah. that, hey, we're not sure this is right. And those two are combining in a way that means we're not putting you in the best possible situation mm. to succeed in the role. It was definitely a negative feedback cycle, basically. So the pressure to perform, but thinking you can't perform gives you more pressure to perform. And you just it went further and further away from the sort of the mean that is good performance. And yeah, like you said, it was there was the push to sort of own these metrics, but the platform to do it from sort of was half constructed or or made of something ethereal. You couldn't step on it, basically, in my metaphor. Okay, so we've talked a lot about, I guess, how you felt mm. as this was unraveling. What I'd like, what I'd love us to like discuss and look at a little bit is how your relationships were with the rest of the business and the rest of the, the, your, your peers, I guess. Sure. And the types of conversations that you would have had with them. You know, part of why we want to explore this is how we deal with something like this as an organization when we clearly make a mistake mm. has a huge effect on the culture yeah. that we're building as a business. And so what were the interactions that you had with the team? What were the kind of comments you had? How aware were they of what you were going through? Yeah. Um, so in terms of like people who I would go to for technical help, it was very much a case of this is my first ever job in a tech company. I had no idea how busy engineers would be. So going to people for technical help, it was very much we have the time, just not now. And the fact they had the time is great. That's something that I could never put a value on because that's that's the reason that what's what helped me get better, basically. Um, but the conversations there were very much sort of continue education do your online courses and then then come to me with questions about problems rather than how do I solve something. Um, well, on a more informal level, the relationships, I guess there were a bunch of new starters when I joined mm. and that was all quite tight, still are quite tight. Um, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't talk about sort of, I felt I couldn't talk about my technical struggles with people who weren't allied to the sort of field I was working in. Mm. It was very much an island sort of feeling. I couldn't talk to anyone else because there was no one else to talk to that understood directly what I was going through. Do you think they could sense that, um, that you were under a ton of stress? Oh, for sure. Definitely a few of the sort of product leads knew. And it was through working with them that a bit of it was alleviated just because even if someone doesn't talk to you about it, you're aware when somebody knows and you get sort of the sympathetic eye, like we know what you're doing, let's just try and be super organized and make sure you have something to do every week so you feel like you're being productive mm. as a way to sort of boost the confidence and make you feel like you're actually doing something that's worthwhile. So how do we how do we resolve it? So you you know you talked a bit about the kind of that final conversation that you mm. that you had, but was there anything else that we did to support you and to own the fact that 
this was our mistake rather than your mistake. Yeah. Uh, for the three months after, mm. you, that was the, the, the best thing that ever happened was the promise that you were going to help me find the next job. Um, I was always told finding your first job is the hardest job to find. And this rung true with your help afterwards. So being having my CV and sort of profile circulated got me, I think it was about 32 offers hmm. or at least 50 sort of expressions of interest in my inbox. And the next job, next two jobs I got from that were as a direct result of being found from that list. And that was invaluable, completely invaluable. Because I've, I've, you know, in the current place I work, I've never been happier. And that is directly attributed to you. Really appreciate that. Do, do you think that we owned the mistake enough? Do you think we were clear enough with you and the rest of the company that this was not a case of you not being good enough for this business or for the role? This was a case of us hiring the wrong person with the wrong skill set for the role that we really needed or not even really understanding what we needed in the first place. Yeah. Uh, immediately after, I thought that it was a case of not knowing what you needed. I thought it was, we've been told we need someone to, that's going to work with data. Let's get someone that works with data. Should we spend some money? I'm not sure. Let's just get someone junior um, as a trial. That's what I immediately felt. But in reflection, having seen a few other companies now, I genuinely believe that it was just the wrong mindset to set up a function. I think you can do it with, you can do it more easily with non-technical skills, but given how closely together tech teams work and how much they learn off each other, I think it's sort of essential if you're gonna start a function to have an experienced lead. Mm. Someone that you can learn from. Mm. Especially being someone who's like, you were really early on in your career, right? Yeah, first proper job. If there was no one to sit down with you and say, yeah, this is how you do it. Yeah then it was going to be a struggle for you. Um, I want to look at like lasting impacts. So, you know, this is a, this is a happy story, yeah. right? It's a super happy story. Um, we've learned a ton from it. I know you have, and you're now in a situation like you just said, where you've got a role that you're loving. You're learning a ton from really experienced people at an awesome organization. Mm. Um, you know, were, were there any negative or positive lasting impacts that that three-month experience has had on you? Um, I can start with a positive because I don't really know if there are any negative. But positives being the lessons learned have meant the I've, I've changed my attitude to finding a job and looking at new companies, research the people I'll be working with explicitly, you know, what's their background, what skills they have, what what can I learn from them, and do I want to learn from them? And this is a process you can start at any job, but it, it, the more jobs you have or the more people you meet, the more refined this process is. You know exactly what you're looking for, who you're looking for, what you want them to give you. It's as much about hiring the right person for the business as it is for you joining the right business. And so that's something I found after leaving Charlie. And that basically led to me finding people or accepting offers where the people I'll be working with were highly skilled in their environments and genuine, generally being quite impressive people. And um, so far, that hasn't really led me wrong. Nice. I'm so, 
It's, so, it's super relieving to hear that, right? You know, I think... Um, <laughs> you didn't mess up that badly. <laughs> well, no, look, I think it's... Um, I remember when you, um, you emailed me to say, hey, I need you to put a reference down for this house. And I knew that we were having conversations internally at a leadership level mm. around is JB the right, right person for this role? Have we pitched it the right skill set? And even do we need this yeah. function in the business, yeah. right? Um, I think listeners will find it interesting to know that we've not rehired, we've not rehired for this role. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not someone that we've, that we've rehired for because um, we realized we're trying to solve the problem in the wrong way. Hmm. Um, and I remember when that message came through with you from you about the house, there's always a real struggle internally yeah. around wanting to be transparent and open with people. Yeah. And I'm someone that is that really prides himself on trying to do that. And I think it's one of those moments that I look back on and I for sure regret maybe not being as candid with you as I could have been at various points. Yeah. Um, it's hard. And it was especially hard because you were someone that we really enjoyed having in the business, right? You were like an amazing cultural fit. Um, you know, it's testament to that, that you're still super good friends with a bunch of the team and that you were willing to come back and chat to us. Yeah. Shows how much of a, like a bond there was. Um, so I guess that's, that's one of the things that I regret. So with this podcast, we're trying to be as tangible as possible and make sure that companies listening out there have got things that they can use, things that they can take away, learnings that they can implement within their own businesses. Because obviously, getting a higher wrong and going through a situation like this, it does have an effect on the, on the culture, right? I just talked about what a positive influence mm. that you were. As soon as we took you away, did that have a negative effect? For sure it mm. did. Were there people that were upset and that um, weren't happy about that move? Of course there were when you remove a person from a group, it has an impact on the culture. You can't, there's no, yeah. there's no way of, of mitigating that completely. Um, so I want to look at, I guess, takeaways and things that people can use. If you were advising a business that were thinking about hiring for a role, they didn't have a, a function internally. It was a new function. Yeah. What are the kind of things that you would say to them as a candidate that's mm. been on that side? Here are the things you need to think about. Um, it's a combination of things. So yeah, I'd say start with reading around the role, which I know the hiring manager at Charlie did. Um, but then you have to combine that reading around the role knowledge with experience and common sense. And that entirely HR could have maybe been improved by maybe involving more tech people. Um, to get sort of a rounded, holistic operations, people operations, and technical overview of who should be starting in this role. Because I think you might have got more resistance from the tech person about hiring junior for a new function. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much common sense and experience. Yeah. Because it, sh it should have really been a experienced lead that started the function. And whilst in the short term that might come at a cost of employing the person, the benefits reaped from this are just huge. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I, so from my perspective, you know, the 
things that I take away from this situation is um, make sure you understand what is required for someone to progress and for someone to learn. Because by, by not allowing someone the right individuals and people and support network to learn and grow from, you're actually stifling their career and their trajectory. That's the first thing. So make sure you're really clear on that. The second one is with these things, it is so important to own these failures. And I think we got that mostly right, but I, I do think that it was really, really important for us to stand up and be really clear with the team. Mm. This is not on Jack. This is on us. Yeah. We got this wrong. We didn't research it correctly. We're the ones that made the mistake. And make sure that you were able to leave with your head held really, really high. Yeah. Um, and the third one is the next time someone walks into a leadership team meeting and says, hey, we need to hire this role to solve this problem. Make sure you really, really, really understand what, it, what is required mm. to solve that problem. People are not always the, the solution. Sometimes they are. Yeah. But I think we should be really cautious before hiring someone quickly into the company um, because we're playing with their career. We're playing with their livelihood and there's lots at stake there. For sure. Um, How do you find this? Good. It's, it's nice to talk about it purely because I see it as a wholly positive experience. Things I learned, hopefully things, well, obviously things you've learned too. And so it's come off as a net lesson, which is only going to benefit me and hopefully you as we continue. Cool. Okay, nice. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up there. Um, I want to thank Jack so much for coming in. Jack, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I'm sure we won't have you back again soon. <laughs> um, uh, I want to thank Mel behind the glass uh, for producing today's episode. And I want to thank all of you. Um, thanks for listening along. Um, we really hope you enjoyed it and you got some value from it. If there are subjects you'd like us to talk about, to discuss, um, then please do drop us a line. Um, you can get in contact via team at charliehr.com or you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Gately. Or you can find us on Twitter. We're at joincharlie. My name is Ben Branson Gately. I've been your host for today. Have a great rest of the week. And this has been the Culture Ops Podcast.